The Tag Team Podcast is now on Alexa via the Inipod app. To use just say, Alexa, open Inipod. Inipod, at your service. Ask me to play a podcast. Play the Tag Team Podcast. Now playing the Tag Team Podcast. You're listening to the Tag Team Podcast. The podcast that is a WWE Network companion. Currently covering 1985 WWF Tuesday Night Titans. And now here are your Tag Team Podcast hosts, Jeff Jones and John Burke. Greetings. Welcome to the Tag Team Podcast, episode 21. We're back. It's the Blackjack episode. I'm John Burke. Jeff Jones. Blackjack episode. Yes. Double down, people. Yeah, that's the problem. People should split. Better chances. <laughs> it's usually how they get you for card count when you split. <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> no proof. What is going on, man? Oh. Nothing. Same old, same old, thankfully. Nothing crazy. I'm making my way slowly through this computer hell that I've been going through and like a Transformer or a Frankenstein, put things back together. Robin from Mac to pay Microsoft. Yes. Well, it's more of kick Mac out of the house for not paying the rent. <laughs> and what's going on in your side of the world? Oh, still get back to the swing of things. I avoided the plague that hit this area by not being in it, so I'm thankful for that. Like, I've got little dustings of it, but I've never really been out for a full day, so no complaints. Terrible. You should utilize your sick days efficiently. I concur, but for anyone listening at work. The views and opinions expressed by Jeff Jones during this podcast are those of his and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of John Burke or any listeners or subscribers to the Tag Team Podcasts. That is justified. Everybody does it. We talk about <laughs> Everybody uses their sick days and they don't need to. Oh, um, to keep our jobs. Yes. Previously on the Tag Team Podcast. 20. That was January the 25th of 1985. We had Lord Alfred Hayes and Vince McMahon open the show with no quirky things to say about Lord Alfred Hayes. Odd. Kind of like the mailbag segment that I miss so much. Next up, we have footage of Big John Studd and Kim Bataire cutting Andre's hair. And as you've seen from our Facebook post, all the M&Ms galore. It's probably a good thing that they got that cut out. Belt in your mouth, not in your hair. Seems to be the case. <laughs> After that, we see Bobby Heenan, Kim Bataire, and Big John Studd joining the TNT set. And Bobby goes in to explain when he was there, he'd come in to make some noise and to get some attention. And he is working on an angry giant. Next up, we have a segment where Bobby Heenan says, I can cut hair. I cut hair all my life. Before he was a manager, he used to cut hair. And then we get somebody from the audience to come in, and they proceed to destroy Andrea slash Bob slash Andre. Hair, beard, everything. Very disturbing. And next, we join Hillbilly Jim at home. Well, at least in the washroom anyway, or the kitchen. Dub us both. <laughs> the kitchen, the laundry, itching, something. Bedroom. And we get to see how he practices some of his moves. Not to spill all the secrets, but let's just say there is a a tire, a mattress, and a dog. Tune in to episode 20 for the juicy details on that one. <laughs> Next up, we have Paul Fashan. He joins the TNT set, and he goes over once again his wedding, because that's all it's going for him right now, is the bizarre wedding, and how Lou Albano may or may not have an affair with his wife. 
you have to listen to find out. And the next up, we have Joseph Ventura joining the set. We learn that he has started a new career in commentating with Jack Reynolds. And also, he is planning to take over the rock and roll scene. And he has his first 45 album. Question mark. Gimmick. Gimmick. Both gimmick. And we do get to see Jesse the Body Ventura in action. Our first wrestling match. Actual wrestling match with Steve Lombardi. <laughs> which was to reference and to emphasize Vince McMahon. Not much of a matchup. And that was the short and sweet episode 20 of Friday Night Titans. Episode 21, February 1st, 1985, is on YouTube, but is called the wrong date. <laughs> so we'll put a link on our Facebook page, but if you want to go rogue and find it for yourself, look for 1985, February 8th. And that's actually the one from February 1st, the 21st episode of Tuesday Night Titans. It was the WWE 24-7 version, but once again, no differences than the network. Hi, I am Bosley and I am here with Hulk Hogan. Hulk, thanks for being part of this promo for the new Tag Team Podcast Shop campaign. Sure, no problem. For each shirt or item sold, a portion goes to the Tag Team Podcast to help fund the web bandwidth cost. We have shirts starting at $24.49. Wow, that's unbelievable. If we sold all those shirts, where's my percentage? Hulk, you don't get a percentage. Some of the money goes to the Tag Team Podcast since they are their shirts. Those are my shirts. I've got a right to sell them. Do you want to cash me outside how about that? That's not what I want. Look, man, I made a mistake. I apologize. I was a real horse's ass. That's what I thought. To visit the Tag Team Pod Shop, go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash the Tag Team Pod Shop, all one word, or click on the link in the description of this podcast or on the side of the web page. Do it, brother. I guess I blew that one. It's okay, Hulk. Our listening audience are used to it. That's for damn sure. Recap in the 21st episode of Tuesday Night Titans, February 1st, 1985. First on the program, Mr. Fuji managing the magnificent one, Don Morocco. Right off the bat, I'm going to give a spoiler. They had fancy red dashes for on-scene name graphics. <laughs> Trying them out on this episode, which would come into play on later episodes. Stay tuned for that. So was it extremely cold on the set? of Tuesday Night Titans for him to wear that sweater? I don't know. It was February. They were in Baltimore, so I think he was probably mm. dressing for that attire than his gimmick of I'm a Hawaiian. Let me wear a Hawaiian shirt like I did the last time I was here. But I did notice he did have the flip-flop, so kudos for wearing the shoes that Jeff loves so much. We're stressed. <laughs> Possibly another spoiler. Well, you know, at least he took his sunglasses off for the interview this go-around, so that's good. Yes, he did. <laughs> so Fuji and Morocco come out. They play clips of Morocco surfing. Well, what we think is Morocco. You have no proof that it was not. <laughs> Do I have proof it is? <laughs> HD 1985 television capturing. That's right. So Morocco downplays the coverage a little bit, saying that it wasn't his best day. But heck, to this non-surfing host, it looked like he did pretty good. He stayed on the board, looked experienced, but he did say he was rushed into it and it wasn't his best. Well, it's not as if WWE could get somebody like Sam Punk to show him how to skateboard. So. Yeah. <laughs> First match, we come to Magnificent One, Don Morocco. 
versus Mario Mancini, and I can only guess that this was done maybe on primetime. I don't know. The commentators were Jack Reynolds and Jesse Ventura, so I think maybe they borrowed it. Canadian-like crowd, though, I noticed on this match, they were rooting for the heel, and unfortunately for Mr. Mario Mancini, this was a training day match. It ends quickly with a tombstone pile driver, which Jesse Body Ventura gave the interesting name of a double shoulder breaker, and Jack corrects him with the move call during this match, so BAM, Governor, called out. Yeah. Get back to your record deal. Go back to your weird dressing. Back on the set, we have Mr. Fuji commenting more on the training program for one Don Morocco, and I was able to pull out this great classic 1985 clip. But now, I am teaching a magnificent one my style to be vicious and sadistic as you see how Morocco is. Very vicious. He wants the opponent to suffer. Suffer and scream for mercy. I have taught him mind-to-mind communication. And that's how we communicate. Oriental discipline. Uh, uh, Oriental Oriental (laughs) discipline. PC, dude. But it is the 80s, so who cares? And Mr. Fuji is not really Japanese, so who cares? <laughs> Mind-to-mind communication. So, sort of a backhanded compliment, I guess. Yes, I believe so. Didn't they have a tag team called the Oriental Express? They did. I thought so. It was Sato Tanaka. Oh, man, you're going to make me look this up. I was thinking of that. At one point, they had a regular guy, and he was just wearing a mask, so it could be anyone. For some reason, I was thinking either that was a tag team or a really good restaurant. (laughs) Yeah, it was Pat Tanaka. Let's see. Akio Sato. And when they started doing Mask, it was Paul Diamond. But Tanaka was famous ECW fame, besides being, of course, in Japan. But him and Mike Awesome, ECW. Look it up, folks. WWE Network. You'll find some good feuds between Tanaka and Mike Awesome and ECW. Yeah, Tanaka was a good wrestler when I remember him. Yeah, yeah. All kinds of scars on his arms from his Japanese days. But yeah, him and Mike Awesome did some great stuff. The Oriental Express, and they weren't bad as a tag team. And then, of course, they, they went masked and then just kind of went downhill a little bit from there. But Fuji did manage him for a while. So good call back. With wrestlers being talked about there after the magnificent one gets done teaching us about his oriental discipline that he's learning we go on to hillbilly jim's granny kim and what leads me to think these were shown out of order because this is clearly a set as one time they pan up and you can see the top of the studio with the black and the speakers and stuff like that at the top and they don't act any different but later on they pretend like they're actually at their barn oops on that and oops on the fact that they already know the dog's name that this allegedly is the first time they're meeting so not good guys i did like how granny kim spent most of the time of the interview just petting the dogs <laughs> and talking about how big and strong they are like hillbilly jim yeah i wonder where they got her from it was interesting <laughs> character to do an interview on for as long as i did it was a little lengthy i mean it wasn't long long but for a side character like that i wouldn't expect it to be as long as it was this leads to a jip oh. yes hbj hillbilly jim versus terry gibbs oh mr gibbs is back mr gibbs is back and on 
and commentating, we have Vince and Bruno. Not much here other than Terry Gibbs lost to a guy that had his first match, so not sure what that says about Terry Gibbs. <laughs> he loses in a bear hug. Although, he does do a lot of Ric Flair bumping, if you noticed. Yeah, he does. He runs into the bigger man and falls to the ground. Yes. But Gibbs did get a couple of right hands in, but you know, like you say, that tire practice paid off. <laughs> Yes, but it's a tire hug on him. We're no longer calling it a bear hug since he only hugged tires. <laughs> yes. He did have Hulk Hogan as his manager, per se, during this match as well. So if you want a quick Hogan camo, you can go and watch this match. Go back to Granny Kim. He's still hyping up Hillbilly Jim, and this time the dog starts to make out with Lord Alfred Hayes. And magically, like I said earlier, Lord Alfred Hayes knows that it's Copper's the name. So, interesting, but could have been cut out as far as I'm concerned. Follow us on social media. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the tag team podcast. On Twitter, at tag team. On Google Plus, Tag Team Podcast. Or email us at the Tag Team Podcast at gmail.com. Or on the tagline, leave us a voicemail. 6016544 tag, that's 6016544824. They start showing Andre the Giant hair clip incident again, but. For once, they finally show us the full match that led to this. And the participants in this match, as we kind of seen the week prior to the ending, are Kenny McDonald's. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Extra solo there by Jeff. Big John Stud. Oh, oh you can hear me? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Manager Bobby the Brain Heaton versus Andre the Giant. And my real tag team partner is not here, so I guess I'll take SD Jones in a tag match. And surprise, surprise, SD finally gets a win. Well, first, Vince does say it's going to be an extraordinary matchup. Yeah, I don't think he's been watching SD matches too much. <laughs> he was just excited Andre was in there. Yeah, but so. Talked Andre into coming in. It's amazing. <laughs> so, the ending we kind of saw last week it was a double disqualification by the tag team not breaking up. They kept wrestling when the ref wanted them to separate and just got out of hand and ends up a double slam to Andre, which was kind of impressive. But then a mid-rope jump, which was a little bit comical. I wanted to make a gift out of this almost, but the more I rewatched it, I realized that it wasn't as funny as I originally thought it was. To me, it looked like Batera was going to get up on the top ropes and jump on Andre, and he's like, oh wait, there's no way I'm going to make this. And then he goes to the mid-ropes, and then it looked like from quick first time I saw it, like he landed, and he still didn't hit Andre, and then he jumped from there, and then landed on Andre. It was a weird camera angle, so to me, it looked hilarious but then after watching it a few times like nah Kim Batera was just gonna run and jump on Andre not use the turnbuckle but decided to use the mid rope and actually barely did land on Andre but he did actually hit him thought we had one for the season ending award show but nope nothing it was pretty close though he just kind of do a double hobble once he landed yeah to make it look like he hit him so from there they shave Andre as we saw in episode 20 and all the M&M's come falling out of Andre's hair <laughs> we found a secret stuff 
mustache. So to wrap this event up, I go back to the set and bring on Bobby Heenan. He was talking mostly about teaching Andre a lesson. They show the clip of last week's haircut. Poor old Bob. Bobby tells Vince why they did it, basically to teach the other wrestlers not to mess with them. Uh, Poor Bob was just a victim of circumstance. Yes, innocent bystander. But he did say that the logic behind his attack was for years Andre's always bullied his opponents using his sides to push people around in the ring. So Heenan thought it's time to set this guy straight. I think Andre best summed it up in Princess Bride is from my fault being the biggest and the strongest. I don't even exercise. Mm-hmm. Next on the stage, they bring up everyone's favorite pinky ring-wearing manager, Freddie Blassie. They talk about golf, as they like to do on Tuesday Night Titans, and basically shows off his rings, the normal Blassie stuff, 16 carats, in case you forgot from the last time he was on the show. I think we did get a camera to get the rings. Yeah, finally we got the zoom in, because one of <laughs> Vince's new 1985 cameras could capture it, unlike 1984. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> they go into our first full match that isn't original because Patera was a full match, but they kind of gave away the ending the week prior. It's Iron Sheik and Volkov versus poor Brooklyn Brawler. Got beat up by Jesse Ventura last week. And even poorer, Mario Mancini again, who just got taken out by Don Morocco the same day. I don't know how they expect these guys to wrestle that close, especially this same day. Two matches? Come on. We all know who's winning this. On commentary, we had Vince and Bruno, and Mr. Volkoff gets his patent rib breaker finisher, and Mancini gets tossed around and tossed out afterwards. Poor Mario. I like how at the end, when the Sheik was still beating on Mario's tag team partner, Mario kind of bucked up at him, and then Volkoff smacked him from behind. <laughs> he ended up throwing his buddy out anyway. <laughs> Gotta get the Mario Manzini campaign going. Get some Mario t-shirts. Maybe we can put him on the Help Find Terry Daniels campaign. Maybe so. We'll have to see how many times Manzini wrestles this year. So far, he's already got two under his belt in one night. What if that's double pay? Should be, man. Should be workman's comp. <laughs> Back on set, Vince is grilling Blassie about not having a WWF Heavyweight Championship title. And Blassie finally gets tired of it and calls him out on this. Well, now, I must say that... That for many, many years, the championship of the World Wrestling Federation title eluded you, uh, both as a wrestler and certainly as a manager for many years, until, of course, the Iron Sheik came along. And now, perhaps you make wrestling history by having tag team champions under your wings. Well, I know that will come about. And you used to always needle me all the time. Mr. Blassie, every time I had one man in my stable, you'd always inform him. Blassie, you've never won the world title. Blassie, you haven't done this. But Blassie proved you wrong, didn't he? Yes, And I'll prove you wrong once again. Tough guy. Let's better watch himself. Smack him with that cane. Yes. Did you not see what happened to Skylo Low? <laughs> You're next, Vince. You're Except next. instead of rings falling, cash will fall from you. He's in it for. Like when you hit the Million Dollar Man in the WrestleMania video game. <laughs> <laughs> they end it with Blassie, and that was episode 21, February 1st, 1985, Friday, Tuesday Night Titans. Did notice on some of the interviews on this one that there were some background talking that was picked up during the episode, so not sure where that came from. Them, but just need a big quiet on the set can we please have quiet on the set well we can't all have crisp quiet rooms for interviews but you know what wasn't there during the interviews squeaky door Nope, spoiler, I think it will be back this season Ooh. Bob's revenge I thought they locked that door <laughs>
Make fun of me on TV, will you? <laughs> How do you like that? Exactly. <laughs> and I ain't going to edit it out either. <laughs> <laughs> no bleed over. Last episode had a little bit of bleed over. I have a feeling that's going to get worse as well. Once again, Bob's revenge. But this episode was pretty clean for the most part, other than the mysterious background voices that were heard. It was the ghost of Terry Daniels. Might have been. It sounds kind of female-ish though, but <laughs> still could be Terry Daniels. Do you have historical facts for us? I do. We begin classic historical figures you'll remember way more clearly than whatever you were taught in history class. Breakdown of big events that shaped pop culture. 1985 is one of the most important years. What was going on in the most important year? It was Friday. It was under the sign of Aquarius. President Ronald Reagan still ruling the house. Famous people born this week includes Rachel Sidoris and Judy Gordon. In that special week of February, the people are listening to I Want to Know What Love Is by Foreigner in the U.S. and also in the U.K. Finally made its way to U.S. Congrats. It did. He's no longer a foreigner. <laughs> and the movie The Witness, directed by Peter Weir, was one of the most viewed releases in 1985. Never seen it. I don't think I have either. And for those curious, Rachel Doris is an American dog musher. Of course. World famous. Definitely. And there's a reason. And she was a cross-country runner who became, in 2006, first legally blind person to complete the 1,049-plus mile trail sled dog race across a Alaska. Which doesn't help dog racing that someone blind can do it better than you can. Uh, no, it doesn't. Dogs do all the work, obviously. And Judy Gordon was born on February 1st, 1985 in McKay, Queensland, Australia. And she is known as Judy Lee Gordon. She is an actress known for Home and Away, The Cup, and Blood Brothers. And she's been married to Roth Aniston since October 14th, 2012. They have one child. Yeah, I don't know who she is either. No, no idea. We tried. But she's there. Yep. No sports figures, nobody relatable. Nothing. Next episode, we're going to have Mr. Coconuts, Jimmy Snooker. Mr. Hit You Over the Head with a Coconut, Roddy Roddy Piper. And Mr. Cowboy, Randy's dad, Bob Orton, coming up for episode 22. Good old Bobby. Many Bobbies on here lately. Steer the Bobby. We'll call it Bobby Cast. There you go. Bobby Night Titans. BNT. Yeah, better than Friday Night Titans. I don't know. I like a nice ring to it. I'm going to start marketing those t shirts in. Look for those in our spreadshirt. Friday Night Titans. What do you want? You keep touching my leg. With that, that is the end of episode 21. We'd like to thank you for listening. Remember to download, download, download. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your family's friends, tell your friends of your family. Download, download, download. Thank you for listening to the Tag Team Podcast. Join Jeff and John next week as they continue to break down WWF Tuesday Night Titans. It's the World Wrestling Federation on tour coming to these great areas and facilities with exciting mat action. Friday, May 3rd, East Rutherford, New Jersey, Meadowlands Arena. Saturday, May 4th, Baltimore, Maryland, Baltimore Civic Center. Saturday, May 4th, Worcester, Massachusetts, The Centrum. Sunday, May 5th, Cleveland, Ohio, Cleveland Convention Center. Sunday, May 5th, Denver, Colorado, Denver Coliseum. 
Monday, May 6th, Syracuse, New York, Onondaga County War Memorial. Monday, May 6th, Peoria, Illinois, Peoria Civic Center. Tuesday, May 7th, Poughkeepsie, New York, Mid-Hudson Civic Center. Thursday, May 9th, Flint, Michigan, IMA Sports Arena. Friday, May 10th, Uniondale, New York, Nassau Coliseum. Friday, May 10th, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh Civic Arena. Be a part of the great World Wrestling Federation action when it comes to your area.